welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today is July 14th, 2021, and Dr. Rick and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama, and today we are joined by our special guests from Chennai, India, Tara and Tarun Managaram. And these are dear, a dear brother and a dear sister that means so much, not only to the Lifeline family, but to me personally. And it is truly a testimony uh, of, of the relationship and the love that I feel for this family about the bonds of the body of Christ. I remember almost a decade ago, the first time I got to meet my sister Tara and her husband Isaac and Tara, Tarun and Satara, their children, I instantly felt a connection Although we had never met, one, because of the deep, rich connection that we have through the gospel, but also just the love and the warmth that they displayed in so many different ways. I've now had the opportunity to travel many times to the work that they do in Chennai, India. I've gotten the opportunity to travel around southern India with them and have host, hosted them here in Birmingham and been able to connect in other places around the world. And we're just so grateful to have them here. This last year for the Monogram family has been a very difficult and challenging year. Not only has it been a year full of a global pandemic, uh, but almost a year ago, uh, they lost uh, their fearless leader, husband, father, uh, Isaac Monogram to the COVID-19 disease. And and we are so grateful that although, uh, although what could have destroyed us uh, has made both Tara, Tarun, Satara stronger and has united them to the gospel work that the Lord has called them to do. And so we're so excited to get to hear from them. Before we do, I do want to remind you about the resource that our team put out in January of 2020 called Image Bears, Shifting from Pro-Birth to Pro-Life. Image Bears is a book that dives deeper into what it means to be pro-life, not just pro-birth. It addresses topics on race and poverty, international orphan care, the family unit, and so much more. Within the book, we include prayer guides, tips to care for the fatherless in your community and around the world, and thought-provoking questions in each chapter's discussion guide. We would love for you to purchase a copy of Image Bears, and you can always go to lifelinechild.org backslash image dash bears. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash image dash bears, or always you can visit the show notes to get more information. So Dr. Rick, I know as we prepare for August 28th and our run for one, which is a huge effort, not just uh, in America, but really globally to raise awareness for those children who are aging out, those children who are orphaned and vulnerable around the world. And I've just uh, enjoyed getting to hear from partners as we prepare to let people know what Run for One uh, is doing, as well as to introduce them to the work that the Lord is doing with His people around the world. Well, one of the one of the incredible things that we get to be a part of, Herbie, is is seeing God at work around the world every day, and uh, and and one of those ministries that is uh, really a, a a favorite and and one that means a great deal to us is. Is the ministry of steps and and the ministry that that the monograms have in India and so, um, Tara, um, 
Tarun, we, we just would like for you to share with those folks that are listening to us that may not be familiar with your ministry to, to just talk a little bit about what it is that, that God has called you to and, and how you're, how you're making the gospel known um, in your community through care for the vulnerable. Um, okay. So uh, hi everyone. My name is Tarun and uh, my mom's sitting next to me. So hi. I think uh, she's going to get the next question. Um, so what is our ministry? So we run, uh, I don't want to say we, but my father and my mother started a home close to 15 years ago called Steps. It was named Steps because we, uh, the idea behind it was to help these kids to take the right steps to growing up to having a better future. And uh, Steps Home is a home for abandoned baby girls who were, were being persecuted and who were being targeted and being victims of a crime that they didn't commit. Just for being born a girl, they were being abused and trafficked and uh, it was not right. And it's sad to say that the numbers in India are the way they are, where one every three girls doesn't live to see her fifth birthday. Of the 11 million orphans in India, close to 5 million are girl children. And again, it's all because they were just girls that they've been left to the streets to fend for themselves. And my mother and father were called to take care of these kids. And it was their ministry and their mission was to find foster and free abandoned baby girls from the clutches of abortion, abuse, and abandonment. And uh, how do we do it? Uh, well, how do they do it? Uh, it's, it's a real weird dynamic for me to say how I do it. So how we do it is by sharing God's word through the kids so that using their lives as an example, others will see Christ. More than us telling the world, hey, we're a Christian organization, we, we're a Christian home, we want the kids to speak for themselves. And so with the way they're brought up, we take them to church, they know gospel music, they know the, they know the living word, and they know God, and that's one of our biggest uh, motivations. So we try to give them the best that we can with what we can, with what we have, sorry. So they, uh, we support them with school, giving them the love and care and attention that a girl child needs to grow to be a strong, independent person in this community. That's pretty much what we do. And I know Isaac and uh, Tara founded this home. And in a lot of ways, over the so many years, Isaac became the face of the girl child movement, the steps home, uh, both globally, but also locally. But the truth of the matter that I know is this vision was born in, in your heart, Tara. And even, even Isaac testified that he was a, a straggler coming alongside and even resistant to this idea that the Lord had birthed in your heart. Can you just talk a little bit about that journey that the Lord brought you through to birth the steps home in your heart uh, and to show you what the Lord wanted to do? I think my whole uh, life is a testimony because at a very young age of 13, I always wanted to adopt children and then married Isaac who did not want to adopt children at all. And he was somebody who was born after 22 years of his uh, to his parents. So he always said, let's wait on the Lord. God will give us a child at the right time. But 
that was never my desire i had never the d- typical desire of a lady you know they really want to see their own flesh and blood i never ever had that to see how my child would look so it so happened uh, i didn't conceive so i was very happy but then i many of them said that i should go for some tests and i said no 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 i don't want to be selfish there's so many people who are uh, out there who have left their children i will take one of their children and uh, and isaac was it was a miracle that isaac accepted the adoption to the first case so we ended up adopting sitara and tarun both our children and uh, after 7 years when our family i thought was complete i had this call from a tribal area saying that uh, there are three children who are uh, who are uh, left in uh, in the care of a, in a home and they want uh, they were rescued from being strangled so immediately my heart went out and i said bring them in as it so the three became six and then only after that we decided we have to get it registered and we got it all <laughs> registered and now we have 17 children and uh, most of them have no parents so we are uh, taking care of them and uh, it's a challenge especially during this lockdown because uh, in that small space we have to keep them uh, busy all the time so it was giving them some uh, music classes cooking classes so many things are going on now i know even through this last year it has been tough as we mentioned before just because unexpectedly covid hit your family uh yeah. it did it did take isaac's life and so this last year not only have you had to deal with with lockdowns but you've also had to deal with just your own grief and the own working out of your family i've loved how the lord has has used tarun to to step into his father's shoes in so many different ways and and i've told you before tarun and i'll tell you here publicly uh to see the work that the lord is doing in your life and to see the way he's going to use you is beyond encouraging to so many of us and brother i i just affirm you here publicly to that but for both of you uh even from your different vantage points through the the heartache through the hardship how have you seen the lord working both personally and as well in the home in the lives of the girls Actually, for me personally, it was very interesting. Lockdown, in a way, was a blessing because I was able to help so many families, and it took away my grief. I don't know whether I mentioned we started a COVID kitchen, so all the families that uh, came back after being hospitalized, they became so weak. The second strain was very difficult for them; they couldn't cook. so i started this small covid kitchen where i was helping about 30 families a day so whatever we were cooking we were just uh, you know parceling and and we couldn't go there personally and deliver so we had to coordinate uh, delivery boys so we had that going so it kept me busy and uh, i think overall the main way that god really worked in and through this whole issue was uh, 
he's been faithful. That's the word I want to use. Faithful. With um, I think we need to start at the beginning where it started when my dad told us that we were all positive. When it was heartbreaking news, we were all here in the hall upstairs, and so many people had told us, you know, uh, there are roadblocks, there are barricades, you can't get to the hospitals, there are no rooms, everything's closed. But, and again, I call my dad's passing away a home call more than anything. It was just him going home because of how God orchestrated the whole thing. Uh, there were supposed to be seven blockades blocking us in the hospital because we had to go to a different city to admit him into one of the, the best hospitals in South India. And uh, it was a miracle that we made it there because we, we reached without meeting a single blockade. There were no cops, there were no police officers, no one stopped us. And we get a call after we reached there at the hospital saying, how did you guys cross seven barricades and seven blockades? Uh, this is coming from the chief inspector of police. He's calling us and asking us, how did you guys get past all of us? Uh, citizens from your city aren't allowed to come into the other city. So we went to a city called Bellu, near from Chennai. And uh, so it was, it was just a home call. And then after dad passed away, and uh, it was very hard for the first few months, but God was faithful. He gave us the strength to pick ourselves up. And we overall wanted to be strong for the kids. And uh, he has constantly provided us with opportunities and uh, ways to keep ourselves busy to not feel that grief and that emptiness. Uh, with mom and her COVID kitchen, the kids going back to school, and uh, Sitara getting into her master's, all of these things slowly started happening only after he passed away. And uh, I can only say that God has been faithful and he's helped us get through this whole phase of grief. And uh, I'm proud to say that he's just being a dad. God is being our dad. Amen. Amen. In so many ways, we've seen the Lord's goodness, uh, even through tragedy. Uh, but also we rejoice because we know where our brother Isaac is. So, Mike, I know for many years you've had the opportunity to work uh, with Isaac and Tara and Tarun and Satara. Uh, you know, I think you have so eloquently uh, talked about the impact that even Isaac has had on your life as you mm -hmm. served and partnered with him. Give us an idea of, of one, just what made Isaac so special to you? But then how have you seen the Lord working in the last year? Yeah, so Isaac was a uh, not only a big guy, but he had a very big personality and a huge heart. Um, his heart for uh, the, the vulnerable girls of, of India was so evident that everybody he came in contact with, he wanted to make sure that they were aware of the, the need, um, not only to protect these girls, but to get the gospel uh, to these girls. And so uh, any, any church that we had talked to, any, anybody that we came in contact with, he wanted to be a megaphone uh, for all of India to, to bring eyes on this, this issue of, of 11 million orphans in India. So um, he was always strategizing and always talking about ways that, that we could make it possible for people to understand uh, the orphan crisis and how to get involved. And um, I, I did, I, I truly loved his passion uh, for, for the orphans in, in India. Um, 
I, I want to agree with you, Herbie. The last year has has been difficult, uh, especially for the monograms. But to see uh, the way that Tarun has uh, stepped up in his family and uh, communicated and and taken some of the reins from uh, his father, we we had planned uh, a conference uh, for some time in the future. And now with COVID, we've we've kind of uh, hit pause on that, but uh, just to see the growth of the of the Monogram family, to see Tarun step up in the way he has, and even to see Tara be more outspoken. Um, I know she got to speak at a conference, and that's not her gift set, and she'll say that, that her gift is not speaking, um, but uh, she's had the opportunity several times now to speak on the behalf of the girl child in India and has done an excellent job. So I just, I, I love that. I know that it's sad that, that Isaac has passed, but to see how God is continuing to use all of the monograms and, and seeing them grow has been unbelievable this year. Amen. And Tara, I, I think especially for you, I know even uh, just over a, a month ago, you all were able to have a, a service of a one-year commemoration of Isaac going home to be with the Lord. And over a hundred people were trying to get into this, this zoom call. Um, what would you say you've seen the, the biggest impact of Isaac's life on others has been that maybe you didn't appreciate before, but that you've really seen in this last year, the impact that he had on so many. I think, um, his uh, speaking in churches had a big impact on people because he always brought humor into uh, the sermon. So it's something that they uh, have very serious uh, sermons in India. So Isaac is the one, even on Good Friday, he'll crack a joke and everybody will be laughing. So I think the youth really miss him even now. This Good Friday, they said they missed him so much. So, and then he's a more uh, outgoing person. He had no, he didn't limit himself. He just spoke out of his heart, which uh, many loved him for that. So he's a, what you see is what you get, you know, out of Isaac. Very passionate about, about relief. He's very passionate about giving. He's a very generous guy. And Tarun, I know that his impact is, is huge on your life. Um, and I've loved, as I've said already, seeing you step up. Um, how, what are the most impactful things for you this year? One that you've appreciated about your father, but then two, the ways that you've seen the Lord fill that, fill that void. Um, I first feel uh, that God, has filled, not has filled it completely. I feel like it's a process where letting go of, again, my dad was my hero. He was my inspiration. He was my role model. And uh, my entire dream was, there's a cliche of how little boys like to wear their father's shoes, hmm. put on their shirts and ties. I firmly believe that I follow that and uh, Everything I know about the world today in terms of work, in terms of uh, the gospel, in terms of everything, my entire world was taught by both my parents. And uh, 
again, being adopted myself, I owe it all to both of them more than anything. So a lot of people will say, hey, uh, you know, it's not as important as you think it is, but no, that's not true. My dad was my world. I wouldn't have the opportunities that I had. I wouldn't have the things that I did. And so God is still being the God that gave, is giving me opportunities. He's teaching me how to run the business again. Uh, the Ministry of Christian Arts and Gifts and everything that my dad did alongside Steps, the tent making stuff, all of the work that my dad did. I started working for my dad in my last year of college. I, I graduated last year. So I was able to see him in action. I was able to get a glimpse of him at work. And so I wish I had joined sooner. That was my biggest regret. But God is still giving me those opportunities. I'm still meeting people and talking to people about, you know, hey, Tarun, uh, we need this kind of Christian gift. I need, I need something. Can you help me out? And God is providing me with work, and I'm so grateful for that. And He's still opening doors. Again, as I said, He's uh, the the word Jehovah Jireh, my provider, is so apt in so many ways. I cannot explain. Doors are being opened. Opportunities are coming, and. All I can say is I'm grateful and my dad's, I'm pretty sure my dad's just asking God to bless me. And uh, all I can do is, my dad taught me to always say, if you're praying for a blessing, pray so that you will be used as a blessing to others. So it's not selfish to pray to be blessed because I'm praying that God will use me to bless others. Amen. Well, Mike, I guess uh, before we ask the monograms how we can be praying for them if you would give us a give us just an overview of of why you are so encouraged by the ministry of steps home and how the the partnership is such a rich partnership for unadopted yeah absolutely i think uh in the example of of what the monograms are doing in india we see what it looks like when a missional christian family uh, has a passion to care for the most vulnerable. And um, not only did they do that in their own family by, by adding Tara and Tarun, but they went above and beyond that and adding these, these 17 girls. But then you would think, most people would think, well, I can just stop there, right? Like we adopted two children. We have these 17 girls in a home, um, but they don't stop there. They say, hey, how can we engage with churches? How can we engage in conferences? How can we get others involved in the, in the call to care for the most vulnerable? And I think that is, I mean, nobody expects you to do that. And, and it's like, they're hitting on all cylinders. Um, you know, uh, this isn't just something they do, but they want others to get involved. And I, I really appreciate uh, not only the passion of Isaac, but I know that passion comes from, from Tara and now Tarun and Satara. And, and I just absolutely love that we get to be a part of it. Amen. And Dr. Rick, you know, even before we pray for the, the monogram family and, and, and hear how we can be praying for the steps home and for the girls, I know we're encouraged as we draw near to April 28th and the run for one. And I know we want to invite as many people to come out to the physical locations or to join us where the, the run where you are component, um, where you can truly run wherever you are in any country, in any state. 
Uh, I run for one, just so you know, all the proceeds go to our strategic orphan care ministry unadopted in the 16 plus countries uh, where you are. And so on August 28th, 2021, in many locations in the Southeast, as well as the run where you are component, you can join unadopted, you can join the monograms and so many others, and we can run together to raise awareness, to pray for, and to raise funds that go to this crucial work around the world. So if you want to learn more about Run for One, you can always look in the show notes or go to run for one, the number 5k.org. Again, that's run for one, the number 5k.org, and that'll be August 28th, 2021. So Dr. Rick, this year has been tough for so many, um, but theologically we know, and then physically and spiritually we know that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Uh, how can we n- have more hope? Because that's the deal. I mean, you, you see the tragedy, but yet you see the hope. Why is it that we have so much hope as believers, even amidst tragedy? Yeah, Herbie, I think it's really two things. One is um, this world is not our home. And, and we, we know all of us in our hearts that we long for home, to be at home with Christ, to, to, to be at home in a place that, that God has, has created perfectly that is, that's not marred by the fall and sin and all the things that, that we see around us. And so I think it's, it's that heavenly longing in, in one sense, but it's also in, and, and what we've, what Tara and Tarun have said so beautifully here today in their experience is that, that through those trials and through the things that we, that we endure in this life, the Lord is with us that God does not leave us. And, and he doesn't always promise us that he's going to take us out of the trial and that he's going to remove us from, from the difficulty. But what he does promise is his presence and his spirit and, and that the Holy spirit is going to be with us and guide us and, and keep us um, even in the midst of things that are difficult. And so thanks be to God today that we are, we are people who have hope because of what Jesus has done. And we have the hope of heaven in the future, but we have the hope of Christ's presence today um, to, to walk with us and, and to guide us. And I'm, I'm incredibly thankful uh, for this sister and this brother and for their ministry because they are a daily reminder to us of God's abiding presence and about how the Lord won't forget us and about how the Lord remains with us. And all we need do is look at their ministry to be reminded that, um, that, that God is true, that he is steadfast and that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. Amen, Dr. Rick. And so to join together in the run for one, again, that's August 21st, 28th, 2021. And as you run where you are and one of those locations, one of the things we want to ask you to do is to pray for our partners. And so Tarun, Tara, how can people be praying for both you, uh, each of you, and Satara, as well as these girls that call uh, Steps Home their home? Let me start off with uh, the girls. They all are going to a new school this year. So it's, uh, it's going to be, each year it becomes very tough, the academics. So they're going to a very good school now. So we are praying that they would uh, fit in. So academically, they're very slow. So every, every day from four to six, we are teaching them uh, vocabulary, third grade vocabulary, because they're, they're in the 11th grade, but they don't know a lot of spellings. 
So this past 10 days we've been doing that. So even now they are downstairs. <laughs> so pray for that. And then for Sitara, she's almost finishing her uh, master's. So next year, this time, she'll be done with her master's. So and just praying for a life partner for her. So, and then Tarun, of course, he's planning to do his master's. So we are planning to send him to Viola or uh, Samford, wherever God opens doors, he'll be there. Um, I think uh, she summed up most of it, but uh, in terms of the kids, something that we need prayer for is protection. Because everyone is saying that this, uh, there's a third wave coming here in August. They're expecting a third wave. And uh, close to 9,000 kids have become orphans during this pandemic here in India. And it's, it's so sad to hear that uh, our government is taking procedures to help fund these kids. But uh, we are praying that God will work in and through the church and the community to help these kids and not just help us, but help other homes to help house more kids. Uh, Steps Home is open to housing more kids. And so we're waiting on the Child Welfare Committee to bring in more kids for us to take care of or whatever need be. Uh, that's one thing that we really want is protection for our girls through this third wave and for the other kids, the other 9,000 that have lost uh, their parents because it's it's really heartbreaking to think of these kids not having anyone to take care of them. And uh, so that's something that we would need prayer for. In terms of us, our family and our ministry, um, we are starting uh, a new uh, ministry. Well, at least my dad worked in a certain field and I'm trying to work in a different field, providing um, uh, services for Christian organizations here in India where we will help them grow and meet more people and connect. So that's something we're doing with online marketing and branding. So if we could pray that God would use us and uh, the skills that I have to enable other ministries to grow, that would be amazing. And uh, we also want to pray for the COVID kitchen that uh, we will be able to feed more people because, again, the numbers are still quite high. Uh, our daily count went down from 20 from 34,000 down to 20,000 and we're now around the 15 to 10,000 range so that's a daily just count and that's just our city alone so we just pray that we can help reach out and do more uh, yeah I think that's pretty much it well Mike will you pray for our dear brother and our dear sister as well as for the girls at Steps, uh, and that the Lord would be glorified through this ministry. Absolutely. Thanks. Let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, the reminder um, that you are our hope, Lord, that you are our strength, uh, Lord, that our that with our hope being in you, um, we have our future uh, secure in heaven. Uh, Lord, we uh, thank you for the monograms. Lord, we thank you um, for, for just the picture of uh, the, the picture that they provide us with, with you providing for them, Lord, with you caring for them, um, with them showing the picture of what it looks like to care for the most vulnerable, Lord. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we lift these requests up to you, Lord. 
for the girls going to a new school, Lord, that can be hard. And especially during COVID, Lord, uh, please be with them as they continue to study and even do extra studying after school, Lord. Um, Lord, we pray for Satara as uh, she is entering her master's uh, program. Uh, Lord, we pray for, uh, for Tara just to, to give her strength as they uh, look for other girls that they can help and incorporate into their home. Lord, we pray for those girls that, that don't know the gospel, uh, that as they come into the home, um, that they will see, see a clear picture of you and your love for them and how you sacrificed your son uh, so that uh, they could be saved and be forgiven of sin, Lord. And Lord, we just uh, we lift up Tarun as uh, he goes into a new marketing venture, uh, that you uh, be with that, that company and help it to grow and flourish. And Lord, just for the, the steps home in general and, and all of the orphans in India, Lord, we ask that, that you protect them and provide for them. And Lord, we ask that the gospel uh, reach them uh, through your church and through your people. Lord, we thank you and love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.